You are listening to This Hong Kong Life, a podcast by Kelly Support Group to empower the youths of Hong Kong. Welcome to Season 8. When you look into a mirror, you see a reflection of ourselves, an image who we are at the moment that we are looking at it. But any physics student can tell that a mirrored image is only a virtual image. Is it truly who we are, or merely a representation of what we are? We are the hosts of this season, Ryan and William. The theme of this season is Raw Reflections. Together, we'll explore the idea of self-reflection and how it can help us to gain a deeper understanding of ourselves. Each episode, we'll share our own personal stories, methods, or struggles in cultivating self-awareness. Or, we'll invite the guests to share their own journey of self-discovery. Are you ready to dive in? Let's start to challenge presumptions and do some raw reflections. Reading, it is something that we heard of all the time. Whether it's our parents to always told us to go with a book to expand your knowledge, then you'll be rich. In Chinese, there's a saying, That means that if you read more books, then you'll become a millionaire in the future. Or you are required to read books because of your course. It requires you to read a book, then you do a test, and then you make a lot of summary notes. Or you're reading because you are interested in that topic. There are a lot of ways for us to read. And William, I know that you are a big fan of reading. So can you tell me more about your journey of reading? Well, actually, I didn't start reading until like primary six. Back then, I was just a big fan of anime series. I All my friends around me watch anime, so I just joined in and then watched anime together. But then there's a problem with that because the anime series that I like have a very, very low frequency of uploading a new season. That means that I'll have to wait for like four to five years to actually have a new season to watch. I couldn't wait that long. So I just went to buy all those novels that the series was based on, and then I started reading the novels. But then even the novels was too slow to me because I know that in Japan, the series has already ended. But for the Chinese version, it's, already, it's only like half of the series. So I actually started learning Japanese to be able to understand the Japanese version. And then I started buying books from Japan directly and then started reading the Japanese books instead. Oh my God, that's, that's very interesting. I've never heard of that story before. Oh, this is why you learn Japanese. Oh, that, that is really amazing because I, I'm, I know William for a while and he knows Japanese. And turns out the reason why you know Japanese is because you love reading books. So tell me, William, what is so interesting about those books? I think the most interesting part about all those anime and the light novels, which so-called the Japanese novel, is that it brings you to a new world that has no limitations. It fulfills all your fantasies that you can't achieve in real life because that's a very popular category in anime called isekai, which means you're, bring, you're brought into a whole new world with totally different rules in the world. And then you can actually experience a life that you have desired so much. You can go on an adventure. You can start a new kingdom. You can actually test magic and fly around, travel around the world. And these are things that you can't really do in real life. But these books provide kind of a medium for you to actually experience all these and then just be happy. Oh, it sounds so interesting. It sounds like a Disney book, for, for example. I think that I'm, I also love reading those kind of 
I, I wouldn't say books, but movies, like some Disney movies, like Frozen or I don't know, like Little Mermaid. Those kind of stories really immerse myself into a different world. So tell me, William, I think that you might be a Little Mermaid or Barbie fan, right? I don't think you are those fans of those kind of books, right? So what kind of Japanese books that you're really into? What kind of world that you really love to dive into? This is getting very, very weep, but it's okay. The books that I like the most is a series called Fate. And in that world, two biggest appeal. The first one is magic. You can actually use very cool magic to defeat your enemies. And the second one is history. Because the book describes a world where you have to win a sort of conquest. They call it for the conquest for the Holy Grail. And to win the Holy Grail, you have to summon some heroes from the past to help you to win the holy grail so you can see different historical figures fighting against each other and that is the most fun thing that you can ever experience in a novel and they actually provide different version of the history and then give you a glimpse into what will have actually happened if different things happened in the past so i think that's the reason why i love this fate series so much i've actually read all of their books Sounds very interesting. That really relates to how I start my journey of reading as well. So I started when I was secondary four or five. Don't judge me that I start so late because at that time I was having a sort of a bad grade in DSE English. I was predicted to get a level three in English. There is one time where my parents and I was called in a room with my teachers and my teachers told me, you need to seriously consider to start reading a book. Then I said, oh, oh my God, that's a serious problem. Then I will start read some fiction. So the first book I read, I believe, is called Wonders. So it is about a, a book about a dysfunctional kid or a kid that is having a lot of accidents and has a disrupted face and how empathy is very important. That was the first book that I read about. And then slowly moving on, I read a lot of fantasy books as well, like William. Like there is a book called, you, you all, I think all of you know the free, free part series, Hunger Games. It was super interesting. And also there's another book that I love to read. It's called The Perk of a Wallflower. The reason why I love reading this book is because the movie starts Emma Stone, and we all love Emma Stone, right? So this is my journey as well. I started to read fictions. So William, after reading fictions, or did you continue to read fictions? Like after the face series, did you transition to other types of books or you keep on continue to read every single face series? To be honest, I actually finished every single book in the face series because I, was, I just had so much free time back then in my junior secondary school. But then when I progressed to senior secondary school, I had a lot less free time to do what I want to do. Because as Ryan just mentioned, DSE is coming, we got to prepare for the exams, we need to read books that actually help us. So that's how I started reading some books that help you to build habits, how to build a defective daily routine, how to help you to be more productive and how to revise correctly. Now, some books... I think you've all heard of it, like Atomic Habits or Seven Habits of uh, Highly Effective People. All those kind of books just help me to become a more effective people, more productive person, and how to apply them in real life to actually improve my grade and perform better in the exams. I think you've read even more books in this category than me, right, Ryan? Yes, I I believe I'm addicted to self-help books. So as you can tell, I started much later than William. I started 
reading books at Form 4, Form 5. And after the DXC exam, we got three to four months of long holiday. At that time, I didn't find a job. I was lazy. So I spent the whole time reading. But instead of reading traditionally, I turned into Audible. So this is actually a suggestion I would give all the listeners out there, is that if you find that you can't focus while reading, or you want to do something when you're reading, then Audible would be a very good choice. So you just listen to a book, then you can go to have do, do exercise. For me, I love stretching when I'm listening to Audible. And also I can do all sorts of stuff. And the great thing is that you can turn the speed faster. So I can be able to absorb a book that is much quicker. So for example, when I'm reading fiction, just going back to the old conversation, I would read them with two times speed. Like for example, Mocking Jay, the book about the Hunger Games. Originally, it needs 10 hours, but only five hours to read that book. Then it would be more efficient and I would feel like a superior reader because I read so much faster. So back on to self-improvement. I read a lot of books about self-improvement during the summer holidays after the DSE exam. So I read all sorts of books from setting goals like Think and Grow Rich, which we talk about all the time in our podcast, people skills, how to win friends and influence people, the importance of listening to others, how to treat people genuinely. Also books like Atomic Habits, how to build small habits to realize huge potential. Or there's another book that I found ridiculous at first. It's called Four Hour Work Week, how to work only four hours in a week to become a digital nomad, achieve financial freedom in age 20 or so on. It is really fascinating, which opened my eyes. And also books like that are more spiritual, like Think Like a Monk. It talks about how to become a monk, trying to meditate and achieve spirituality. So these are all the books that I really love reading in during the summer or during the last year or so, I, I read all sorts of books from different genres and it really opens my eyes. William, do you have similar experience? I believe we have shared a lot of similar books that we read, right? Actually, Ryan and I share a very, very similar book list. We basically read the same book. So I've basically read all the books that he mentioned just now. But to go back to his previous point about using Audible, I think using Audible is a really great way to just read and listen to a book at the same time so you can maximize the content that you can absorb. But I don't necessarily agree with speeding up the book to 2x or one point, even 1.5x because I think it's a respect that I pay to the authors when I'm reading and absorbing the contents for a book because I know how difficult it is to actually write such a long book. And after buying the book, it's not about the result. I also care about the process of how to read the book and how to pay respect and pay tribute to the book the author that wrote the book. But back to the self-improvement part. Actually, this conversation with William we have had, it, I think a while ago, is how we treat a book. So William believed that a book is sacred. It is something that the authors write and we need to treasure it. Like a, for example, like a movie, you need to watch it all the way. A book, you need to read it all the way. But for me, I treat reading a book as a tool, a tool for me to equip myself. So for example, like in a game, I I would treat the books like a sword or like a gun that can better equip myself to fight the big boss. So for me, I wouldn't treat a book as a very sacred thing. How would I determine whether a book is worth reading? First, I would go to Goodreads, a very good app that 
has a lot of reviews about the book. Then I will go to another app called Shotform, which is a book summary of the whole book. It is approximately 10 minutes. You can read the whole book and see if the content really interests you. Then if the content is something that I want to learn, then I will go to YouTube and search for the summary of the book and try to think if it is very relevant or not. Then after these three steps, I will determine whether to read this book or not. And if I want to read it, I will pick and choose the necessary component that I want to read in a book. For example, for chapter one, two, and three, I already know it. Then I will skip the chapter and jump straight into four. So this is very controversial in some other people's opinion. But for me, it is the way that I learn. And another controversial uh, example I would do is that after reading a book, if I found it boring, I would abandon it halfway. I've abandoned over 50 books that I haven't read it. I, I read like halfway through and I think it's boring or I already get all the key points. Then I will switch to another book. I believe this would maximize utility and it will maximize the efficiency of reading and the outcome of reading. Because a lot of times, if you can recall as a listener, when you're reading a book, you just get stuck in that book and then you you really want to finish it, but the thing is, it's just too long for, for you to finish it. You just don't want to do it. Then you just give up reading. You treat, when you associate reading, you associate reading with that book. But for me, uh, if I don't like that book, I'll just go to the next one. It sounds very controversial. I would love to get your take on that, William. I do know it's very controversial, but I do see quite a lot of people around us that actually adopt this, I would say, a more systematic and outcome-focused approach to read books. I, I say that I partially agree with what you just said. I do notice that it's going to waste a lot of time if you keep on reading a book that you don't like. So I'm totally okay if you just read halfway through and then abandon the book. But for actually picking and choosing a book, I'm also somewhat okay with the method that you use because you're reading those books for self-improvement, for growth. Those kind of books are intended for you to be picked that way because the author wrote these books for you to, for your self-improvement, self-growth needs. So they expect that you use this way to pick what books you want to read. But for me, because I mostly I read fictions and not about these self-improvement books. For fictions, I don't think that's the right, not the right way. That's the optimal way to read books. Because fictions are intended for you to entertain. You just want to relax, have a free time, don't need to think, and just immerse into a world that the author, the author has created within his novel. And that reading the summary will just be such a disrespect to the author that has spent so much time creating this masterpiece because I personally want to write a book and I can definitely sympathize with how much hard work the authors has put into a single book. You may think that a character, an unimportant character, is just not going to take much effort for the author to write, but you will not notice how much time and effort the author has put in to even create the most unimportant side character to make that story progress even better. Oh, this is a really interesting thing and I have not paid that much attention and have, haven't considered from the perspective of a writer of how much effort you need to put in to write a book. Maybe next time for fictions, maybe I will make it times 1.5 speed instead of two times or three times because I, re I can admit that. I have times where I turn books into three times speed, 2.5 times speed, just to finish the whole book. And at the end, I forgot most of it, but then I know the ending. So it was quite rewarding for me that way. So maybe in the future, I will do the opposite. But then for us, I think for me, 
I would do something quite different if I really like that book. For example, when I'm reading books that really expands my knowledge and really expands all the thing, like challenge all my perception, then I would read it again and again and even make summary notes. And I believe William, you have a lot of experience with that because recently in the summer I have saw you making a lot of notes for one book only. Can you share a bit more about the book? Okay, so I do have the habit of making notes for books, for books that I really find life changing or ch- just changes how you see things in life. So yeah, I actually made quite a lot of notes on this book called Forty Eight Laws of Power. Although this book. The name of this book suggests something very evil and cynical, but it actually revolves around the human nature. And it has actually reshaped the way I see things in life because it tells the story of many successful or rather unsuccessful people's life and then use them as examples to tell you how best it is for you to navigate life, how to determine what you want to do in life, how to make decisions and how to achieve the most out of this 80 or 90 years of time that you spend in this world. And it's like, because I like history a lot as well, it has so many different interesting stories or anecdotes that normal history books won't cover. And it stuffed everything inside one single book. And that's why I made so many notes about this single book, because I just genuinely enjoy everything that this book suggests. Ooh, this sounds very interesting. And I remember you share a lot of the rules with me and a lot of interesting case study or stories with me. Would you mind sharing one or two with the listeners now? Any one of the most memorable ones that you just popped up into your head? Well, to do that, maybe I'll talk about one law. It's called, there's actually one interesting law that popped into my head immediately. I forgot the exact wording that he used. The message that the author is trying to convey is that don't try to overemphasize small problems in life. There are certain problems in life that you're simply putting too much emphasis on because that's the only thing you see in your everyday life. For example, you're studying every day and maybe you encounter one question that you don't know. And that seems like a huge problem because if you don't know this concept, don't know this problem, that's going to affect your grade so much. But if you have so many things to worry about in life, not just study, maybe going out to parties, finding jobs and meeting friends. If you have so many things to worry about in life, these little problem won't cause any emotional significance to you. There are problems in life that you're just probably overemphasizing. These will just be tiny, tiny problems, maybe just a bug that's flying in front of your eyes when you look back into the future or when you expand your horizons. This is a very interesting point. And I I remember having this sort of conversation with William about how to not turn some simple things into a large problem. And it also relates to our last episode about mental health as well. I believe that a lot of times why people are upset is because there's not small problems, but there are current problems in their eyes and they see that it is hard to deal with. Then they will turn it into a big problem and it will turn into a bigger problem. It's like a steeply slope. It would just be a small problem and turn a bigger, 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 bigger problem. And then at the end, it be- become the end of the world. I believe this kind of books like 48 Laws of Power really changes worldview, which is the third phase of me reading books. So the second phase, I, what I mentioned is that I read a lot of self-improvement books, self-help books about different how to set goals, how to be more disciplined, how to improve yourself from a... I would say I wouldn't say degenerate, but I would say a person that is lost to a person with goals. But then after reading 
few books. I don't know, William, do you have the same mindset or the same feeling as me? Is that the books become so repetitive? It is all about the same damn thing. For example, they all talk about delaying gratification, trying to build good habits like what reading books, exercising, meditating, trying to think of the positive side. Or, or for example, a bottle of water. You can see it's half full instead of half empty. It is all about these very general rules that probably if you read like three or four books that are similar in genre, you'll get the whole message already. Do you get the same feeling, William? Yeah, I think after reading Four Year Laws of Power, all the other books just sound basically this not not the same just sounds similar it's just the same message packaged in a different way to just tell you the same story so after reading so many different self-help books i started to transition from self-help books to books that had actually helped my professional or personal development so i actually began understanding different companies how the economy works how politics work how companies run the world and how they profit all those kind of practical i would say more practical things that you can see day to day and you can talk to people about it and that's just the books i've transitioned to read yes i totally agree and i think the tipping point for me was one time when i was doing a round table with a bunch of CEOs and we are talking about world issues and I have no idea what they're talking about and I give my two senses and I was totally embarrassed by the shock of the face of the CEOs there was they were like what is this teenager talking about and that's when I realized that the books that I'm, I've been reading are repetitive so you can imagine my situation I read like 20 books about self-improvement oh I think I'm well equipped I have so much bullets but then all the bullets are the same type of bullets that others won't even understand or are not interested in. So that's why my social circle would all be like-minded people that are all into self-improvement, all into working out, all into reading the same type of books. Then once I realized this mistake, I start to transition to what William called application books, or I would say books that is expanding my world view that is related to real life. So for example, I read books that is about geopolitical books. So for example, now China and US are battling it out. So what are the factors that influence each country and which country would be on top? So there's a book called Changing World Order that I really love. I spend a lot of time chopping down notes because it's very relevant and all the news you see daily is actually can be closely related to the book. That is just amazing. Another book that I've been reading is called Chip War. So the semiconductor industry is a part of the ecosystem of US and China. So another types of book that I love reading is philosophy. And that taught me how to become a person through tough times or how to deal with different type of people. I read a book called Happy that is about stoicism. Or another type of book that I've been reading is historic books called Sapiens. So this is a very famous book and actually Obama recommend us to read it. So after reading, watching the video of Obama talking about how amazing it is, and I believe Bill Gates as well, I started reading this book and it is truly awesome. It proves and disproves a lot of concepts in a historic perspective. So it really opens my eyes and I've been keep dropping down a lot of notes. And I'm sure that William, he is actually annoyed because I talk about those books a lot, right? Yes, I'm definitely annoyed. But I do think that 
but talking about the books you've read, about summarizing the main content is actually a very good way for you to sort out the information that you've perceived and then actually trying to form your own understanding of the book. I still remember one time when we are going out, suddenly Ryan asked us a question. How do you define happiness? And then we are, all of my friends were just shocked. What? Has he gone mad? Why is he suddenly talking about happiness? But then that's just because he, the book Sapien and Happy, both books that he's been reading, is talking about different definitions and different ways to achieve happiness in life. Although this is kind of not a very good example to provide, but I think it's very good for you to talk of write down what you've read in the book to actually solidify your understanding and be able to talk to people about it. Because this is how, this is the process of understanding, right? You first perceive and then you understand. And then finally, if you're able to teach others the concepts of this book, that's when you finally fully understand everything about this book. And I believe this is, that's a technique called like Feynman technique. And that's exactly how it is. You have to be able to teach other people in simple terms to prove that you actually understand the concept. Yes, and actually related to the funny example, I actually go one step further and I went to an app called Amazing Talker where you can hire online coaches and I hire a philosophy coach and then I start having conversations with him starting to debate on different ideas like happiness and I use all of my books that I read to argue with him. So I, as I mentioned in the beginning, I view books as arsenals, as weapons I can use to throw at other people when I'm debating. So I have like a book list from different perspectives and I will pick and choose what type of books and what type of knowledge I want to use talking in conversation. So if you talk to me in real life, maybe you're talking about something and I can relate to a concept in a book. It sounds very nerdy, but at the same time, it really helps you to understand a book. Because from my perspective, the reason why I read so many books at a very young age, which other people will challenge me, and I want to get your two cents as well, William, later, is that they always challenge me that you should experience life. People believe that experience is much better than reading books. So there's a saying in Chinese, I, I don't know if you've heard of it, but so they believe that reading is not as good as experiencing. But for me, I don't think it is the case because I believe that once you read, you have a lot of awareness, then you can start experiencing things and then can relate those kind of experience with your knowledge. Then you can reflect on it and then you can go experiencing even more. I think it is much better than to start knowing nothing and to experiencing a thing straight away. Do you, do you think so, William? I don't have a very strong stance. I can understand why people think they should read and then go explore the world and also understand why people think that they should explore the world and don't need to read. Because reading and exploring the world is essentially the same thing. You are just gaining some practical first-hand experience and then extracting an insight out of it. The only difference is that the authors will actually summarize and explain all the insights, all the techniques that you need to know in plain language. But in life, you have to do that by yourself. But in books, 
authors can just provide past examples of personal experience to allow you to understand the concepts. But that, from my own experience, that is not always the case, right? They may be just be talking about pure concepts, like philosophy. If you read philosophy books, they're just going to use concepts. They have zero examples, and that's why they're so difficult to understand. And even if they talk about real-life examples, sometimes you just can't relate if you haven't experienced that in life yet. But in real life experience, you can actually learn from your empirical experience and then do reflections and then understand insights that you may not have been able to experience if you're just purely reading. So I think it's it goes in both ways, right? You need to read and you need to experience at the same time. It's all about how you can achieve a balance between reading and experiencing. Your own situation with reading. So at the start, if we go back to the f- first start of the episode, so William start reading Japanese comics or novels is because he's interested in it. And I'm reading Friction. Why? It's because I love, I want to learn English because my English was bad at the time. Well, it is still bad now, but it improved a lot, trust me. So, and then afterwards, then me and William wants to learn more about how to improve yourself to become a better person, to build good habits. Then we start reading self-improvement books. But to a threshold, we start to know that there's a diminishing marginal return. If you know, you know. Then we start to switch to trying to read books that are applicable into real life. One question that I want you to answer all the listeners is that what kind of situation are you facing? What kind of difficulties or what kind of problems that you couldn't figure it out yourself or you couldn't get from the feedback of others? Then perhaps it is time for you to read a book. Let's give an example. So I hate reading the news and I have no idea what's going on between the US and China or the ban of some export. I have no idea what's going on. Then I start reading a book called Changing World, which I mentioned earlier. So then I understand, oh, this is what it means by restricting some chip export. Then I, I know it. And I think this is the way you can benefit the most from reading books. I now realize the major difference between Ryan and I on the perspectives of books. Because as you have noticed, you probably have noticed, Ryan focuses very on the outcome of reading books. If you read book A, you'll be able to get concept A and you'll be able to talk to this kind of people about this news. But for me, I focus a lot more on experience. I That's why I read a lot more fiction. They don't necessarily help me to see things in a different way in life. I just experience the different emotions as well as the different a whole new world that the author is trying to portray in front of you. Maybe that's just because I want to write books and that's just how I want to expand my horizon, and expand my creativity and just experience what I cannot experience in real life. I think that's the key difference between us. I focus more a lot more on the experience. I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to this, but I do believe that after our inputs, you listeners can definitely figure out which way it is for you to answer this question. Yeah, I believe... This is a very good closing for our episode is that every people have their own way of reading books. I focus on practical side. William focus more on the emotional feeling side because he wants to write a fiction. For me, I would much rather write a self-help book or autobiography. Maybe one day you will see Ryan instead of Elon Musk on the best-selling bookshelf. You never know. So I think it is a good section for us to wrap up and before we go just ask yourself this one question 
What kind of situation are you facing? Would you consider reading a book because of that situation? Thank you for listening to our podcast. Bye bye. This is the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. This Hong Kong Life is an initiative of Kelly Support Group, a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in Hong Kong. If you like this show, please subscribe to get news of our latest episodes. If you have any ideas for this Hong Kong life, reach out to us by Instagram DM at Kelly Support GRP, or drop us a note at contact at Kelly Stay tuned and see you next time. Bye.